Welcome to One Nation Radio, and now here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd, and thank you for listening. One Nation Sports. Welcome back to One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Uh, just uh, driving through this Maryland traffic. It's ridiculous. Maryland. Um, James is out of anyway. town. I'm here in Florida. Uh, we're making it happen for you guys. It's been, you know, a couple weeks since we did a new show, and we're just going to kind of shoot from the hip, which means very very loosely translated, we is going to bullshit for y'all amusement. Um before we get started, I just want to give a big shout out to Leanne Moore uh, for becoming um, the voice of our intro. Um, much appreciated. Uh, follow her on Twitter at LalaMoore22. Um, James, what's going on, man? Well, you just asked for that, so I answer again. Not much, man. All right. Um, yeah. Well, how so, you been, bro? Uh, I'm, I'm chilling, man. Just uh, you know, trying to make these moves. You know, grow the uh, grow the show and. You know, different stuff like that. A lot of articles so, doing, uh, doing well. So how was it? How was the ice challenge? Oh, the ice challenge was lovely. It was very lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, sure it was. Yeah. That, Look, I'm not allowed to say any different. Or go to Walmart now. My bad. Look, I'm not allowed to say any different, or else I'm that guy. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, so explain to me what the ice challenge is. Okay, the ice challenge is basically um, there is a an event coming up called um, Beast Battles Cancer, um, and it's a, for a two-year-old boy named Mason with liver cancer. So apparently, everyone got started on Facebook, and one person started, and they made a video, of, and they submerged themselves in ice, ice water, pretty much. Like, they added, like, you know, bags of ice that you buy at the grocery store into, like, a tub of water, uh, whether it's their bathtub or, you know, some type of big tub. Like looks like it's out of Rosewood or something. Or you remember the movie Ray, where they where a buddy drowned in the tub. That's what it looked like. Um, wow. Yeah. So uh, and then they would basically tag five people, like and say, okay, either A, y'all can jump in this ice, or B, you can donate a hundred dollars. So either A, you know, you start getting this self guilt. Like James said, this is uh, earlier. This is uh, social extortionism, if that's a word. No. No, well, the, the thing is this, like, it's the peer pressure of being around on social network of, like, okay, ain't no one, everyone's going to look at you sideways if, hey, you ain't got, you like, like most people these this day and age, don't have the just give $100, regardless of the kind of cause it is or how important it is, just don't have $100 to give, period, or, or like, have, like, the, the wherewithal to, to sit in ice water, e- either. So like I can't imagine being some eighty-five pound broke, uh, broke little girl, uh, and be like, "Damn, I just got tapped in this. Now I'm going to either, you know, die of hypothermia or I have to be hundred dollars poorer than I already was." Yeah. And I'm scrambling. You know what I'm saying? Like it put some people in a tough spot because you don't, nobody wants to be the person known as the person that that did that. You know what I'm saying? So or that didn't, you know, do either or. So like you just stuck in a tough situation. And there ain't really no accommodating not doing it. Yep. So, like, as I speak right now, I'm walking to, I'm uh, about to park and walk into a Walmart to go buy uh, four bags of ice to yeah. do this thing. If you, if you want to see so, my, my video, um, just add me on Facebook, Richard Latta, um, the second, and you can watch it, then delete me for all I care. 
But um, it, it was pretty funny. I cut I like mean, a uh, wrestling style promo. Can you put it on a wrestling circle? I probably could, yes. Uh, the wrestling square circle. I, I can upload it in there. Um, the uh, I cut like a wrestling style promo. I said some absurd stuff. I was like, I'm by far the toughest man in the gym. I broke two legs once and ran two marathons back to back. You know, I ran it. I ran a two minute and fifty one second mile. You know, so I'm gonna hop in this ice stone face like it's nothing. Like you know, I said a whole bunch of like absurd stuff. Like, <laughs> but you know, all in the spirit of fun. Uh, it was for a good cause. You know, just to spread the awareness. And you know, I was keeping my hundred bucks. You know, at home. But um, you know, on to uh, whatever we were gonna talk about. Um, James, you're currently embroiled in a Facebook debate. That's like kind of absolutely ludicrous right now, uh, with someone who who may or may not be trolling us, or I don't I don't understand. But they pretty much said Scott Brooks is a good coach. So James and I will spend the next five minutes dispelling that <laughs> that sentence. Well, it originally started with uh, you know Kendrick was debating whether and that's kind of sort of been the talk today about whether or not we should be. Uh, Talking about the fact that Durant went for 15 points underperformed in a playoff in a major playoff game, a pivotal playoff game, or should we not? Or it basically leads to the discussion of you know, like who the people that we do and don't like in sports. And um, I mean, I'm pretty you know people have talked about this before, and it's kind of like a you know it's, it's pretty much a known fact that um, Kevin Durant he. You know, he ingratiated himself to the masses by being the, guy, the young superstar that signed the contract um, extension when in the same summer that LeBron James made the decision and he was the most hated basketball superstar or major superstar maybe ever at that point in time. Yeah. So, and Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose gets to the same point, he also catalyzed off of that same off of the same um, void that needed need to be filled in the marketplace for the young superstar. Like LeBron was in year eight at that point in his first year in Miami. And um, he had just made this huge cognitive shift in the league, and he was considered a bad guy. So there had to be someone to like. Like Kobe was in year 15, and Kobe's been probably the most polarizing player in NBA history. So it was like, all right, there's no universe to love young guy. We need we need uh, one of those. Well, Durant and in um, Derrick Rose to the rescue. There's no shame that, you, you know, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that they did that such thing. Like, if I were one of them, I'd do the same thing. I think it's brilliant. I would have came out with a but, smile on yeah. all, at all times. Exactly. And we talked about this over the years, about how Durant has, done, has always done this job of trying to sell you. Whether or not you buy it, that's one thing or another. Whether or not he's genuine is another thing. I believe he's genuine, but he's also trying to sell it at the same time of being genuine. Like, he has all those tattoos on his torso and back, you can't see those in his on his uniform. Like when he has yeah. uniform on, he would it, like you would never have known he was the wor- tattooed the worst unless thing you saw could, him lift up his shirt. The worst thing you probably say about Duran is you know he dresses awkward, maybe you know, but everyone dresses awkward in the league because they're trolling us. But um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like I kind of compare LeBron's situation uh, with leaving Cleveland and Miami to basically you know how women looked at Brad Pitt. After you know he started going with Angelina Jolie, it was like, yeah. and then pretty much asking men almost for what their opinion would be, like, yeah, you know, we all would have would have went with Angelina Jolie too at the time, but you know, half the world is still gonna call us assholes. So, cause yeah, yeah, and like it or not, 
to whatever. But it's, it's all in the game, free throws and fouls. That to Scott Brooks. In the words, in the wor- in the words of Young Jeezy. So right. then um, the discussion led to some girl. I'm obviously, I don't want to make this like this huge thing, but it's like a, it, you know, because it's, it's going really on. like a straw man thing. This, this lady, this girl, she's she apparently used to work for CAA or still does work for CAA, you know, the, the gigantic mega um, agent, um, agency. That, the Illuminati. You know, had, Basketball yeah, like Illuminati. They basically had all those guys. They had the Chris Paul. They have Bosch. They have Wade. They had LeBron or still have LeBron in some way. Like, Jay-Z pretty much is, is basically having all his dudes work. All the stuff he's doing is pretty much through uh, CAA. Like, we know what's going on here. Um, and like, so he, she was saying something along the lines of, well, you know, like, um, I forgot what she was saying about Durant, but it was like a, she was, in a way she was agreeing with what I was saying while I was trying to argue with me, so it made no sense. But then she dropped this thing about saying that Scott Brooks is a great coach. And, uh, no, nah, I ain't having that. Like, <laughs> I'm just not having that. I refuse. Um, so, you know, you, you there's, in, while, you know, when we go to set up to this whole show, we were talking about how, like, you know, you said, you mentioned, like, maybe there's never been a, a, a coach that's ever, like, had so many bad traits that keep happening all the time. Yes. Like, um, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, like, he's not a great coach. I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's a bad coach with a lot of great talent around him. And, like, her argument was that, well, he has a great win percentage or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, well, his win percentage is 60 for and the play regular season is 63.3%. Well, Mike Brown has been fired three times in five years at 61.7. So right. what are we talking about, really? And also, like, Scott Brooks' highlight reel in the playoffs, it just runs off, like, you know, just just a bunch of car crashes in a row. Like, we have Durant curling around screens at the three-point line, 30 feet away from the rim, shooting over Mark Gasol. You know, that was the best option. Um, you have him being guarded by Chris Paul and Scott Brooks basically come out in the press conference saying, you know, he didn't know what to do in so many words. You had, um, you had him and all his, you know, his genius of, uh, letting Russell Westbrook go absolutely insane, you know, at the end of games, you know, he drawing a Russell Westbrook three pointers, um, you have them running no plays, like I said in 2011. Like, <laughs> like yeah. the the, no, no, the the best the, the best the one that, the two things that kill me real right, real quick is the fact that real quick what ahead. what's thinner, the Oklahoma City playbook or one of the Olsen twins? <laughs> but look, bro, I play like this. Red Auerbach, Red Auerbach in 1963 <laughs> was running more plays than Scott Brooks uh, is right now. One complete full set. That's my thing. The thing that killed me with Scott Brooks is when number one is the in the game situations where he's down two he's down where he needs two possessions and his less than thirty seconds he doesn't management. have the ball and needs to foul and then he doesn't foul but somehow he keeps walking across the table you get a, you get a Westbrook steal of uh, Michael Mike Conley in yeah. uh, round one that leads to overtime they lose you have the Chris Paul steal um, that Westbrook had um, that, that that probably was a foul that he just you know whatever they they walked that day. It was a huge collapse. But you can't – you don't keep doing that and expect to win over time. Like, yeah, you get lucky sometimes. Just because you get lucky at one time doesn't mean you keep doing it. Um, also, it, it, um, it, in the years past, you know, his refusal oh, – Yeah, Ken, Kend- Kendrick Perkins to death. Like, you probably need Kendrick Perkins for about one series in every playoff, like, run. You probably need him for one series. Yeah. Besides that, 
that man needs to be sitting on the pine. Also, also like Brooks. Twelve finals is so ridiculous. The fact that every time you look at plus minus uh, lineup for their lineups for the season since Perkins is first since 2012, you look at their numbers and you see that they're off the charts compared to whenever Perkins is actually on the floor and yeah. he plays Perkins that much. It's, it's ridiculous. Like he couldn't have been the coach in Memphis. Oh no, they would have got him out of there. Um, but also. Um, the way he uses his young guys, like, you know, he's playing Derek Fisher still way, way too many minutes, who was washed up five years ago. Like, like, did you ever think, like, five years ago you'd be seeing Derek Fisher still playing major minutes on a good team? Bro, remember when Aaron Brooks was torching the Lakers yes. in uh, the second round of 2009? They went, they went seven games. I do. And we thought, and we thought the world was flat. I do because Carl Landry yeah. like dunked on Lamar Odom's grand grandparents and future grandchildren. Everybody's gonna yeah. be talking about that. Like, and Kobe basically looked at this man like, "I'm going back to the bench. I don't want none of this." Like that was five years ago. Yes, and, and, and Derek really Fisher playing. is out here right now. You know, while being talked about at his, that he's gonna be a new head coach. This is absurd, yeah. Scott Brooks. Like while also while also dealing with a lockout. Yes. And yeah. that the value that you got for the James Harden trade, Steven Adams may turn into a good player, but what is he doing for Jeremy Lamb? Like Perry Jones. They have young, you know, guys, they have young athletes on the bench. Um but he needs to dip into them more. Like playing Saflosha is not gonna get it done. I would say this. My thing with Scott Book isn't that he is necessarily a now, here's the thing. There's always two parts to coaching, and that's what we always get lost at. The part of the coaching is developing players, um, and that's the part at least, and that's probably the most important part, but the part that we least um, account as we give credit to coaching. When we think of coaching, we always think of game management. Right. Things that Scott Brooks just ain't good at, that we know is obvious to the eye he's not good at. Now, when it comes to player development, his track record is pretty good. At, it seems to be pretty good that he's good at developing players. Uh, I mean, at least the first four guys that he had. Right. You know, so like, so for me to say he's just an awful coach, I, I may want to retract that and say he's a bad, he's an awful game manager. Um, I don't, but like, as far as how we generally, you know, judge coaches ultimately and whether or not these guys get fired. Over time, and every single sport we we follow historically with the, through the media, he's a bad coach. He just did. There's no way around that as far as what he does. Like they don't run any they, plays, man. They have yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have Kevin Durant, who will be one of 15 greatest players of all time in NBA history. They have another guy who's made what will probably make a sports All NBA team this year. Yeah, um, Westbrook will probably end up as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, probably Hall of Famer at this point. Uh, we have James Harden, who should be, who should have made the past three All-Star games, only made the past two. He got snubbed in 2012. We have Serge Ibaka, who, you know, you can look at what's happening to the Spurs, with them and the Spurs right now, just to tell you the impact of him on the defensive end and also as a release valve and an elite shooter. And that's gotten you to the finals once, that's gotten you to another, and that's gotten you to the two Western Conference finals. Hey, um, Serge Ibaka is dirty out here. Just wanted to say that. Like, um, 
that man with that that square punch in the nuts with Blake Griffin, that man's dirty out there. Also, uh, someone else that's dirty. Moving on from Scott Brooks, we had this conversation uh, through text messages the other day. Dwayne fucking Wade. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, well, when will everyone realize that the villain here isn't LeBron? It, it was funny. Um, Dwayne Wade has pulled a slow this. burn heel turn. Me and you have talked about this, what, since their second year. Like, uh, right like right at the end of their first year in Miami. And like, He's the is, unlikable one. He is the one that we should be mad at, not really LeBron. Like, I understand like LeBron's the one that said not, you know, not seven, not six, and all that foolishness. But, uh, yeah, he's... Dwayne Wade is, Wade the, like is you the, said before, Dwayne Wade is the guy, he's a couple years older than LeBron. LeBron be out here trying to impress him, and he's impressionable. Like, uh, yep. like Wade will be like, you know, why don't you go do this? Like, <laughs> like I feel like, yeah. like Wade is a puppet master with it. Like, it, like during the finals when, when uh, believe it was Dirk had like the flu or something before game five, I believe, or something. And Wade's doing the the whole sniffle thing, and then who follows right behind them? LeBron James. Why? Because even though LeBron's a better basketball player and a better talent, Wade is the more is the more adult figure in the relationship. Then, uh, you not know, saying that, let's, not saying, not saying that LeBron shouldn't be his own man or anything, but these two people clowning, he sees he's him going clowning. What do you do when you just around your friends? You clown around, you clown. And you know, all the heat was given to LeBron James and everything. At that point in time, the way he kept sliding when LeBron was carrying that man throughout sliding. the entire final or playoff run that year. Besides, uh, besides the finals that year, no one gave Wade any blame. No. The way he was out there, you know, in game um, in game four, no, I'm sorry, game three against the Pacers in 2012, and, you know, and he only scored like five points and dribbled the ball up the and and uh, sent Darren Collison to the uh, into the, the yeah. patty. No one really mentioned anything. Let's talk about when he was, um, you know, I think it was the Heat and the Celtics in the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. You know, when Dwayne Wade is driving to the rim, you know, looking like he's Liu Kang in the middle of the air. Um, also, when he when he um, looked like he was Liu Kang when he was dribbling the ball up against Ramon Sessions, kicking him square in the nuts. Let's talk about how he broke Kobe Bryant's nose in an all-star game. Let's talk about how he broke, broke Razor Rondo's arm, like, or like damaged his arm really bad. Like, that man was done. His elbow in the uh, second round of 2011 uh, playoffs. Then the, uh, yep. the Bowie shoots Lance Stevenson next, uh, last year. Then that's why, you know, he gets, like you said, he gets no benefit of the doubt. Like, like that man hit yep. Paul George with his knee. And he meant to do that no. in my book. The the bionic elbow he gave uh, Dwayne he gave Rip Hamilton uh, last <laughs> But Dwayne Wade just makes my skin crawl. You know? Well, I know why you just have a problem with Wade. Is this a robbery between uh, him and uh, Kobe more than anything? So. I <laughs> mean, you're trying to now you just came out and said so. That's funny. Uh, yeah, man. I mean. Look, I get I'm as sick as Wade shit as just about anybody else. Oh yeah, he he, um, he limps through he he limps through all these seasons, you know, not playing. LeBron has to carry all the you know the, the weight pretty much. Um, he he's like, oh, he's just infuriating, bro. Like yeah, <laughs> like 
you know, a lot of this stuff is pretty much like um, we create a mythology that these guys are almost like superheroes, right? At times, so can you imagine how infuriating it was if like super, if like Batman decided to bring his ass to work like every other day? <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm fight crime. I'm a, I ain't gonna fight crime on the second out of back to backs. And it was like, and then we're at that point where, where Wade is that guy, like, people like, we're getting real sick of your shit, bro. Like, yeah. and I understand, like, you know, before the season started, I said to you, yeah, man, and I think even on the uh, preview that we did, I said some along the lines of, look, Wade, like, they should wait on ice until the season starts or until the playoffs start or keep them fresh for the playoffs. And they did the same thing, and it's worked so far. He's been... He's been very, very good. I think he's averaging like 25 or something like that in the series against yeah. uh, the Pacers. So, it, it won't, it, I guess if it works, the route the house frustrated all the other players are that man sent out the second night of back-to-back and, you know, only playing 50 games when he never really went down with a real injury. And it was always just basically maintenance, as, you know, sports likes to call it. You know, Most of them they win the title, they'll live with it. But if they don't win, they, they're not going to really be, be fit for that shit. And you can't expect LeBron to be like, oh, you know, I'm signing on, you know, I'm signing up for some more of this. Hell no. That man will take his ass to Cleveland. <sighs> Now that all right. Speaking so of that, you talk about that now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I got plenty to say about that. I had to watch my Los Angeles Lakers lose fifty-five fucking games for the seventh pick in the draft. Really? This is what we do in league. You know, we want to reward Dan fucking Gilbert and the Cleveland Cavs, who have had four of the the uh, four out of uh, the last twelve years. They have four number one picks. Are you serious? And they botched two of them. Or one of them, and they botched the rest of their recent top draft choices. You know, they want to pick Tristan Thompson. They want to pick Dion Waiters. They want to pick Anthony fucking Bennett. Really? Yeah. I'm, Look, I, I feel some type of way about this, bro. Like. Look, now, this is my thing. 1.7% really, League? I would agree with you if, in fact, the. the the lottery is rigged the way people believe it is. You know me, I'm one of the last people to believe in any conspiracy theories. Um, I will say that the only three of the last four since LeBron has been has gone that is uh, hard to just dismiss and not actually be like, yeah, you know, there may be something to it. But at the same time, like, it's supposed to be random. And, you know, three of the last four is about is random. It doesn't mean that just because you were in a lottery means it's your turn or you had the worst record that you're supposed to win. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, it's kind of, you know, even though the percentages are in favor, percentages don't play out, the, or probability only works out as probability, not actual how it falls. So it kind of sucks that, you know, a team like Philly, for example, they take the whole season out and end up with a third pick. That's good because they weren't trying to win. Like, like, uh, like it's cool. You know, but I don't feel like Philly should got rewarded just for that because look, we knew what they were going to be doing this last draft night. So, like you know, the fact they didn't get the number one pick, that's I feel like that's fine. You know, as long as they're in that top five, because you can't drop them, you know, that much. But like they don't, they didn't need the number one overall pick. Well, I, I, well my, what I'm really getting at is like, you know, things where it's just going to happen now. And, and Cleveland botching the number one pick is fully in play. Yeah, that's true. No, we're like, going to take Aaron Gordon. Play. What? Like, yeah, that would be funny. 
Um, I don't know if you saw Gazette uh, Lowe wrote about it in his uh, lottery recap or whatever. He was actually there writing about it. He was mentioning that um, the Kings, they had a slogan called Power Forward, meaning like the power through. But uh, it's funny that, you know, they're at the draft and it's called Power Forward and that's what they've been drafting the last few years, <laughs> Power Forward. So they're not like, if they draft another damn Power Forward, it, it makes it even more ironic. That's funny. Uh, but, you know, like, there's only so many solutions they can have with this. Like, have you heard of, their, of the Will solution they were talking about? No. Nah. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 like, I did, I did. It was like, uh, it, it rotates. Yeah, it rotates from year to year, basically, and guys pretty much get, like, they basically put the wheel on equal percentages of out of one out of uh, whatever the lottery percentage is or whatever. So So 14 basically is, like, out of the 14 slots you get are based off of, like, whether you dra- where your draft history is and all that kind of stuff. You get slotted at a particular point um, given each given random year or whatever where you can actually draft on a slot. So that would make it more fair, but it's like that doesn't really work because not all draft classes are created equal anyway. What happens when you get the first pick in a shitty draft? Like, what happens if you're the cast like wasted. last year and you, end up, and you end up with like you know that best case scenario? You got you get Michael Carter Williams, Michael Carter Williams, who's not good. Yeah, that'll be. I, I, look, I don't, like, I don't care. He, He's throwing up, but like that man's a looter in the riot until until proven otherwise. This is what we have. We have potential. He has the potential to possibly, maybe, quite possibly, be an All Star once in his career. That sort of that potential he has. Like, I mean, that's not changing your overall like fortune of the franchise. And you know, people have you know ridiculed after the initial uh, you know um, invitational in Chicago with like when Kentucky was there and, and you know Kansas was there and Duke was there. Ever since then, we've been picking on the fact that, like, this draft class isn't loaded with any Dwayne Wayans or LeBrons or Chris Pauls. And, and, like, well, we have guys that we know are going to make an all-star team. We're pretty sure assuming we'll make an all-star team or two in their careers, which is a lot better than what we've been getting since yeah. 2008, since, like, the 2008 class or the 2009 class, really. So what are we really arguing about? Like, uh it's just people like it's it is refreshing to go into a draft where people aren't saying this is the worst draft ever, which we've had to deal with yeah. the last couple of years. And it, while yeah. that not necessarily be accurate, like because is you really it is you can't tell because we didn't know Anthony Davis was gonna be this good. Like well, people like here's the thing. People said he was gonna be that good. He just didn't pass the eye test as being that. No, no, he just didn't pass the eye test for us. So like, he was like, all right, well. And, and and that happens a lot. Just, like just because you see a, you can see guys that are just raw as hell. You're like, well, what makes this particular raw athlete like the runness of Anthony Davis or let's say a Russell Westbrook? How does that make him? How do, how do they still go in the top, you know, five or whatever? But someone is raw like Andre Drummond, he goes and slides. To nine. To, what was he, nine? Yeah. yeah, to nine. Like, that's why it's always, that's why it's always so confusing. People are always like, well, he's this freak athlete, but he's raw, and then he goes to a particular spot. Like, it's, they know, I loved, we know, but at the same time, it's like, all right. I would love for an Andre Drummond to fall to us this year at seven. <laughs> are there any Andre Drummonds? There's supposedly, like, a Noah Vonley, which is like, they're describing him like Anthony Davis. He went to Indiana. I didn't see him play or anything. But, you know Indiana was awful last year, right? Awful. 
Yeah, like what they said, this man like has a ridiculous wingspan and all this other stuff, and all these other Jay Billis words. But um, <laughs> I'm I, I wanted to get in that top five a lot uh, as a Laker fan, and we're we're not gonna do that. So I'd probably be in favor of trading the pick, except we have no assets to trade. So we're probably just gonna have to end up picking, you know, Marcus Smart or um, or Von Lay. Oh my God! Shoot me! It's gonna be ill. It's gonna be a miserable uh, summer uh, after this draft. I'm assuming. Well, I would say this. And we don't have a coach, by the way. We're all here interviewing Mike Fucking Dunleavy. Yeah. Wait! 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 wait yes. Wait! Wait! wait We've interviewed wait, wait, Mike wait, Dunleavy wait. and Byron Scott so far. Wait! You're bringing back Mike Dunleavy? Mike Dunleavy Senior. No, no, exactly. You're yes. bringing, you're, you're apparently bringing he's that friends, Mike Dunleavy? Apparently, he's friends with, I want to say, Jim? I'm not sure. But, you know, Jim Buss is out here. Yes, Buss is out here over two already. Wait, wasn't that like 2000? Wasn't that like Blake's rookie year? I mean, maybe, Blake, maybe he was born before Blake got there. Yeah, I think so. What? He's been up the league so long, and he's already old as dirt. Yep. I don't know what that does, bro. I don't know. I don't know what that does for us, but I, I, I'm it? assuming Jim Buss wants you know to be riding in his car one day and get snatched up and never come back. Who was wait? So who was the other candidate besides Dunleavy Senior? Byron Scott, I believe. <laughs> right now, they just did interviews. So there's there's gonna be more, but I don't want either two of them. Those have gotta be consultations. Yeah, like, like call like they send they bring them in like, hey, y'all know anybody that we can really hire? You know we can't actually hire y'all, right? You understand that, right? <laughs> we can't we can't we can't actually hire you, but you know anybody that you think it'd be we do it'd be worth an interview. I said, you know, I, that I sort be, of I'll, deal. I'll be hopping on the first plane to LA and be like, hey, you a gym bus? How dare you ruin my damn team and steal them really, immediately? Really, bro? Yes. Mike Dunleavy Senior. Unreal. Why don't they like? Why don't they hire like Tyron Lue or something like that? Why don't they hire like, Brian? Why didn't they hire Brian Shaw? Why don't well, we just hire Mark Jackson? I'll, I'll take Mark Jackson in a heartbeat. But, well, do you really want do you really want to hire Mark Jackson when he when he out there? You know, um, don't say it. Never mind. You like you, you? I ain't gonna say it, but you really want him out there when he's doing all that? Like, given the drama you just had with the Warriors, you think you want to put him in the pressure cooker that is having the you know like probably the most important coaching spot in the world or traditionally in the world in the in the, in the sport? Yeah, he. Um... I don't know. I don't know. They gave it to Mike Brown. <laughs> they gave it to Mike Brown. You know so they gave it to Mike you know D'Antoni. What? You know, over Phil Jackson. Well, that's a little different. That had more to do with like the family Jim. having beef with Phil, and you know, all types of other stuff that could be basically uh, attributed to the fact that like he's been dating his daughter so long, but he ain't never put a ring on it. So it might have been some animosity towards you ain't made no honest uh, woman out of my out of my daughter. So and I'm about to die and kick it. And uh, you also throw in the fact that like Jeannie giving her way over you know the black the black sheep brother 
and then the brother, and then basically like, um, and then you know, Jim ain't never ran a damn Jimmy, thing in Jim his life. Jim finally got what finally got something in the family of his, and he's out here not you know fighting for for, for all that he got. He's trying to flex. you know so, and now manifesting to you know bad decision making. Like I think, like I told you before, Jim Buss has turned a lot of fans away from the team with boneheaded decisions. I'm not one yeah. of them, but he's like, trust me, I'm not a happy camper right now. So you, oh, you better get this right. <laughs> out of all the, of all the ones, be it how upset Lakers fans can be, in all reality, you know, L.A., you know what their cap space is going to look like relatively soon. They're, you know, they're two moves from everybody, you know, shutting up and being fine again. Yeah, like... This is a long, very saying, long season. I'm not saying I can foresee those two moves, but it's the Lakers. They always find a way. So, um, moving on. Um, we're going to run straight through on this, y'all. Um, the San Antonio Spurs um, are kicking everyone's ass. We, we, we kind of glossed, didn't really touch on that in the Thunder section. But um, the Spurs are not fucking around. Um, I hope y'all are ready. Tim Duncan is out here getting lineups. Um, you know, Ginobili is out here, you know, acting like it's 2007. Um, uh, you know, Tony Parker's out there with the French stubble working folks. And Kawhi Leonard is, you know, Kawhi Leonard and their bench is out here just, just doing it. Like, who's beating the Spurs? Well, um... For me right now, they're one game away from me crowning them. That doesn't necessarily mean anything because I was one game away from crowning them in 2012 as well. And then they, you know, they end up running to that buzzsaw known as OKC. Um, but James Harden ain't walking through that door. Huh? James Harden ain't walking through that door. Agreed. Um, I would just say that... <clears throat> Going off of what I've seen from both from every team so far in the playoffs and off the last few months of the season, I would have to pick. Um, I would just have to pick the Spurs. However, we all know how the deal is in Miami. I would pick the Spurs, but if Miami beat them in a series, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked because Miami tends to play to um, <clears throat> play to the opponents. Um, caliber. Most times. And, you know, ultimately speaking, um, when they're in the top gear, they still have a gear that no other team has. But, um, we see that gear, we've seen that gear less and less than we've ever seen, even in their first year when they were out there uh, trotting out Mike Bibby and Magowskis and Dan Pierre. Trying and, to slow it down. Um, Eddie House. Walking the ball and, up. Yeah, when Spolstra's rolling the ball out. <laughs> well, that's also another Scott Bush, Bush one we forgot, you know. He just rolls the ball out, you know. All right, y'all boys, <laughs> have at it, you know. Y'all figure it out. Be athletic, you know. Do what you do. You know, keep that's it 100, funny. you know. But, um... Yeah, man. My, uh, back to the Spurs, like, um... Tim Duncan's getting lineups. He's, he's playing young, uh... You said Duncan 
could retire after this year. Yep. If Duncan retires, you know, that would be with a fifth championship. Um, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily know how to rank, you know, his impact on the team as the best or second best player or whatever, but it um, would be, it, well, for me personally, um, I would say that he was the second best player on the team this year. Um, and even last year, I would have said he was second best thirteen team, um, or a runner up. Um, even though, um, he, even though he played the best in that final series throughout that entire year, it was Tony Parker's team. And Duncan was basically, it was pretty much his revelation of that day on a permanent basis. He was playing like it was 2003 or 2002. That's what the thing that made him special. And then, you know, game one happened. Um, people talk about, or people will always remember that crazy absurd shot that Parker made over the top of, um, or up and under on LeBron, the shot clock one down the field of the game. Yep. But people, people don't won't remember the fact that Duncan came out there in game six. Old. No, 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 well, game one. Oh, okay, yeah, you got Duncan, Duncan was in foul trouble, and then he carried them during the stretch in that game and kept them from base from them basically going down in a huge hole, and then that enabled them to actually come back and win that game and go to game one. Then game six and seven, he played fantastic. Game six was the bullet, as we call, you know, old man. Only, you know, they have less and less great games than having a series. So we called it the proverbial bullet in the chamber. Game six was the bullet in the chamber game. It wasn't, you know, they lost that game because um, Monty turned the ball over left and right and uh, Leonard missed a free throw or missed free throws. Um, now, game seven happened and you thought they were done because, you know, you just had a, probably one of the worst, probably the worst loss I've ever seen in NBA history. And. Duncan just had to go in the chamber, and he came out and he played fantastic. Aside from the bunny, yeah. Aside from the hook shot over Maddie and Bunny, and I thought, I, you know, I feel like maybe Duncan he walked is, away. I, I maybe feel, not, but he came back and he has another shot at it. I feel like Duncan's probably replayed that play in his mind a million times, and he's committed. You know, the the entire Spurs organization is committed to writing that wrong, and it was just. I feel like it would be the story of the season just to write that wrong. In the finals, it feels like "quote unquote" the right thing to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. We're not here to differentiate right and wrong. We're just here to see what happens. Um, Me but, personally. Um, now back to your point. What, are you, what were you trying to ask me about as far as if they won a title or what? what like where he stands in the context of the all-time annals of elite, of elite history? Yes. Does he move well, up again? I mean, well, where do you have him? I think for me, he's somewhere like, I think he's the guy right after Kobe. So, like, if I were to say, like, right now, for me personally, I have it set to where it's like, um, for me, it is Jordan, Kareem, um, Russell, Magic, um, Bird, Wilt, then there's LeBron, then there's Kobe, then there's Duncan. Now, there are people that will say that, well, what we rather have, we rather have Kobe, like, five championships and, you know. Seven finals. All the other stuff that's involved with Kobe or whatever, or would you rather have Duncan every single night? It's almost analogous to, we, in wrestling, would you rather have Shawn Michaels or would you rather have Undertaker? Yeah. Um, that depends on what you want. Now, if Duncan matches up with Kobe in the fact that, you know, whatever, like, 
Dunk has never lost. Never, Dunk has never won less than fifty games in a season. Yeah, and that kind of matters. And it's, I, I say it's kind of historically skewed. Like you can you can build around a big man easier than you can a guard. Me personally, if you told me they're both at their apex and I can choose between two thousand six Kobe Bryant or two thousand three Duncan, I'm probably two thousand six Kobe. Um, because there's a more there's a ceiling there's a ceiling for what I can do with my team that like you know to a part to where like they especially in this league now to where um, the league isn't dominated by these you can't typically you can double in a big man all you want to if you want you're gonna lose because you train teams with threes you eventually gonna lose <laughs> especially playing that slow so like in today's NBA yeah like the Duncan was the last guy that came in the perfect time before the league switched up. And the thing with him was he was so he was never this big potting dude really, so he was able to you know survive in the league. While guys like Shaq probably would not have made it well, made it out this league, right? Um, or been as effective. And Shaq, like the uh, the gap continues to widen with him and Duncan. I feel like, but. Um, yeah, he can fully walk away, and I definitely, uh, you know, I commend him because Duncan's always been one of my favorite players. Like, he earned my respect a long time ago. Um, then we got the the Indiana Pacers and the Miami Heat series. Um, it's tied at one. Uh, the Pacers came and shot the lights out in game one. Uh, the Heat flat out looked like dead men walking. They come into game two after Lance, you know, Stevenson loses his mind. They get Wade and LeBron, you know, to go, you know, ape shit in the fourth quarter. Uh, I was talking to James about midway through the third. I was like, yeah, yeah, the Pacers are going to lose this one. And then he's like, why do you say that? And I was like, there ain't nobody else helping Lance out. Like, Lance, eventually, they're going to, he's going to have to go to the bench at one point. And what do you know? Them boys lost. So, <laughs> um, well, it also had to do with like LeBron, LeBron exploding. It was almost, it was really that fourth quarter reminded me a lot of um, Game Four when they played in the end in 2012, for right after Game Five. No, Game Four. The way he had that Game Three, that was just awful. Yeah. And then, uh, no, I'm sorry, that was Game Five, right? When it, when LeBron that was game four. that four, that was Game Four. Yeah. Yeah, it was because it was in, uh, it was in my, or it was in, in uh, Indiana. Yeah, where LeBron goes nuts. Wade struggled heavily, and then all of a sudden, like, LeBron gets started, sparks, like, LeBron, or sparks Wade to actually, like, get the greatness out of him. Like, it was almost like he got feeding him those easy dunks. And when Wade on LeBron dumped off that little dunk for uh, Wade for that little bird dunk, it reminded me so much of that baseline uh, dunk that Wade had in that game four as well. And I was like, wow. That's, that's, it's almost like history repeating itself. And um, the only thing is, um, like, as the series shifts to Miami, uh, I feel like all all scenarios in play. Um, supposedly George is could be he could miss game three with a concussion, but I don't think I think he'll be fine by Saturday. I think all cards on the table like a split is fully in play because the Pacers aren't scared to go into Miami and win. But I could definitely see uh, Miami going up three one, and that being a wrap. Yep. Like, here's the thing. Well, I just enjoy Bullshit. how the Pacers play. Like, game, like when it when it, it, 
I don't know. They just they. I feel like the, like I don't know. There's something weird about Miami with the positionless basketball where it just doesn't feel right. It's like the Pacers. They have the big man. They have the outside shooting. They have the erratic guard kind of. They have you know their quote unquote star and George. They have a big bruising power forward. You know they. I don't know. They feel like a complete team. Yeah, that sounds good. But here's the thing, like, that only, that only works on all cylinders for them. It only works on all cylinders for them when they're playing a team like Miami who they can take advantage of the fact that they're not big. Like, they don't – like, you saw them just go six games with, you know, a 38-win Hawks team that, that's missing seven. the best player. You saw them go six games and what should have won like seven games against, you know, the Wizards. The Wizards. Yeah, man. I repeat again, the Wizards. So, John Wall, Bradley like, Beal. It's, 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 the, it's the matchup. To me, it's more the matchup than anything else. I'm not saying they're not talented. They are. But, like, they'll never win the, they'll, they'll never win the NBA Finals. They just won't. No. They, 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 they could make the, the Finals. Year, they anyway. Look, they, they, huh? they could fully make the Finals, but the Spurs bro, will kick their ass in five. Hey, bro. Bro, no. Spur, do you think the, I don't think the Pacers win the game. I don't think the Pacers win the game because how do you want? Here's one thing: how are they ever going to outscore them? <laughs> well, if it's one thing they, they do, they, wanna, they they don't they, they can muck it up and they defend the three well. So that's they fine, got size at but, all positions. But if where, anybody's going to figure that shit out, they, it's going to be Popovich. But here's the thing: what are they ever 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 match up points? Even in the struggle for the Spurs, what are they ever going to put up? Be able to put up 95 on the Spurs? When they have Tim Duncan and Splitter that can actually guard uh, and keep uh, Hibbert and Wes off the board. And not even Hibbert, who's, Hibbert's just a guy that just taps in in 7-2. Would you pay to see like what, what Tim Duncan would do to slap Roy Hibbert's head for, for four to six games? No. It, I mean... Well, I'm not, like, I don't right mean now, would you pay, but would, would it be very is, interesting to you? Would you watch that? I'd say this, right? If I, If you were to tell me that I don't know, I mean, you know how future bets work where they have odds on certain things, have like prop bets, yeah, like proposition bets. If you told me, yeah, you know, it's going to be, if you guarantee me there's going to be a, a, a Spurs versus Pacers NBA Finals, I would put my whole entire house on Tim Duncan NBA Finals MVP. My entire house. I put everything I owned on, on Tim Duncan NBA Finals MVP unless something happened like injury. Like there's no way he won one finals MVP. He slapped. He go old school. He slapped on something like a, he slapped on something like a thirty-two sixteen for the series. Well, the only way I could see that not happening is if Tony Parker looks at George Hill and then his French accent, he'd be like, "He tried to take my job." And then Tony oh, Parker wow. eviscerates that man, <laughs> like, <laughs> and we never see George Hill again in the league, like. <laughs> wow. And he tried to take my job. You know, uh, that was probably a terrible French accent, but um, I yeah, can fully see that happening. It's still funny because I can imagine Tony Parker when his, you know, when his looks like he hasn't bathed in three days, uh, stubble on hey, his man. face. You ever yeah. heard the Tony Parker rap song in French? He played it for me. It, it wasn't fabulous on it. Yes. Wow. It wasn't Duncan in the, in the movie, in the video. Man. Keep get, Yes, he was. Keep getting them checks, Bro, uh, Fab. I'll put it like this, right? Duncan, as much as a year ago, that man was still out there buying out of like the big and tall section of the, of the mall. Bro, like if Duncan, you're going to a dealer's. Duncan be but, rapping, bro. 
Huh? Duncan be rapping. No, let me finish though. Yeah. Duncan been out here for all these years up until just this year. He been buying out. He been buying out of the you know the big and tall section of the Dillard's in the mall in the local mall all these years. All right. And, and now you know getting haircuts without actually getting lined up all these years. You, <laughs> you know, know this is nothing about get a being here. Hold the fade. Hold the line up. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, gets divorced. You know, got a new lady in his life. The lady out here, you know, showing that man some of the final things in life. And by the final things in life, Line-ups. I mean a lineup. <laughs> a lineup, bro. The final things in life, known as some edging clippers. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, it, it was refreshing to see Duncan with that because, you know, it was just, you know. Like, I didn't know what, what, he, what he was going for all them years. Like, and he really didn't care. And it, and it just went along with him. Like, you know, Duncan out there, come out there, you know, growing the fro the whole season. First game of the playoffs, shaved. Cut it all like, off. Yeah. <laughs> shaved. Absolutely like, no, no regard for the line. Like, we grew up in a weird age, like, them early 2000 guys, whether it was, like, Chris Webber or Dirk or Duncan, like, all them dudes, or even the Sheets, they, they all back. did some, they Quick. all did, even Andre Karolinko, they all did some weird shit with their hair. Remember when Jason Kidd had, had the blonde, had the blonde? Yes. Remember, Remember that? he had the braids? Yeah, he did have the braids. Oh, those were bad. Oh, they were bad. Yeah. Uh, jeez. Yeah, who else bro. had, who else had bad hair? Uh, Vince Carter came out there and grew out that damn hair at the Olympics. Yeah. That was kind of odd. Um, you know, Shaq, yeah, would you cut, Shaq would cut his hair bald and didn't actually grow hair in the summer. Like, it'd be weird. Yeah, Shaq would cut his hair bald and he would be bald for so long you forgot he could grow. He had a full hairline. Still to this day, he has a full hairline. Nah, another one that was weird. Remember that? Remember that? Like that stretch of uh, I forgot what year it was when Dwayne Wade was a playoff series. That man was bald. He shaved his head bald for an entire playoff yes. series. Remember when Allen Iverson showed up to the All Star game? You know, just with a haircut randomly, and then he had braids yeah. like three months later. Yeah, he, like the very next year, he already had braids. Like, like long braids. Like, like, like nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. I think that was. Uh, I think that was. A, I think he cut the hair in two thousand eight. All Star game. No, it was 2009. Huh? It was 2009. 2009? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's crazy. Um, yeah, but we, 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 you know, a lot of weird stuff happened. So another one, this is outside of the realm of, uh, of, of uh, sports, but it fits, a, fits, fits that profile of the early 2000s. Remember when, uh, when R. Kelly got caught up with that, you know, that little scandal? God I ain't going to say what happened, but that little scandal. And then uh, he comes up, we made the world's greatest, and basically be like, the, the you know, like, his new song inspiration kind of like I believe I can fly to get himself you know get himself off that like I, all I got to do is make a song to make the world you know make the world make love me again and it, and it, it slid and what happened that man went back to being Robert with the bald head and then next thing you know he's doing the uh, uh, the BET uh, you know interview and he has full braids again and it was like a matter of months <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely ridiculous uh, you know, oh, Kobe, Kobe with that with that fro, like I, I just, I, I still don't understand the fro to this day. I love, I love the young kid with the with the fro, the cookie in the crooked edges. I love, I love the young kid. I, look, to this day, I still, I still passionately hope that when Kobe uh, jersey gets or when his, uh, he gets a statue outside of out of Staples, it'll have Aiden, it'll have a kid with the crooked afro 
holding up, holding up three. And then number eight, I, I, I really do hope that. I, I love Kobe, man. I love Kobe still, but I love Kobe. Young ass Kobe, especially 2001 Kobe. Taking ass. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, let's see. Other crazy hairdos. Uh, Damon Stoudemire. Yes. He would come out there Absolutely. with these like little like he would have these like little mini dreads or whatever. Um, I'm just going off memory. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. Let's see. Uh, Doug Christie. He used to have some terrible hair. Oh my hair. god! Absolutely terrible. Oh my god. Um, Rick Fox had bad hair at times. Yes, but where he saved himself was where he let it grow out because when it was. Well, go ahead. You remember when, like, he, he used to get, like, because he had curly hair, but not really super curly, so it would, like, it would be weird, and then it'd get wet. Yep. And it just looked It would bad. look like Bret Hart. Like, it almost, it reminds <laughs> me almost like of uh, Darren Williams' hair, except Darren never lets it get long. Uh, but people don't understand it. Like, light-skinned people or whatever, mixed people, like, their hair don't hold, like, a... Yeah, not a the hole, same. Like, it don't knot up, so, like, the, it don't wave up, like, the way it should, so it look like almost like a cat, like, it's plastic, like, it's gel on his hair. Yeah. Uh, Amari had them braids Rick back Fox. in the day. Yeah, the struggle braids. Yep. You know, no hang time. You know, none. Only hang time he had was was, was the house he had. Keyword <laughs> had. God, I miss Amari Stoudemire. You, bam, you know, being able to dunk on two this people. It's a little bit before the early 2000s, but you remember when the whole Indiana Pacers uh, team had bald heads? Yeah. You talking about yeah, Martin yeah, Jackson and Mullen. Reggie Miller and the Davises and Mullen Smiths. and yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like all them boys are bald head out there. Uh, hmm. No, no, remember when Brad Miller had braids? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brad fucking Miller had braids. Brad Miller, I who, who to this day should think that should be thanking Jesus that Shaq didn't connect. Bro. <laughs> Woo! Shaq had connected. Oh, my God. I mean, he's more lovable than Kevin Washington, but it would have been by the excitement because of the start that Shaq was. Like, Shaq, like Shaq, broke his, like Shaq broke his hand, his wrist. He's out for he's out for months. And, uh, you know, he's also on, he's also on trial for... for First-degree murder or second-degree murder or manslaughter? Is he is he not he not all of uh, Brad Miller's uh, all of his soft spot out? Yes. Like he hit number he all he did was hit number brain. Dead. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, there's got to there's there's so much many more of Sir Hairdo's. Uh, I mean, Nash. we can we can we can just talk about all the hairdos Andre Carolinko had, and oh we can gosh. call that a day. Buddy, uh, buddy had the bowl haircut. This man came out with a crew cut. He came out with the, you know, long in the front but short on the sides, but not really. Like, I mean, he was out there in Utah, and that man's from Russia. Uh, Remember how you used to say that, like, uh, that Drew Brees never had any good-looking hair ever in a while. What did he do? Long with the yes. short? Always looked that bad. That man can come out there with well, a bald head and look bad, bro. <laughs> Yeah, well, Audrey Karolinko is the NBA's version of that, but it was like five times worse. Wow. I mean, it was. That man never had a good-looking hairdo, ever. You name me the time, he had a good-looking hairdo. 
even the spiky hair, it just was like he looks like <laughs> such a such a cheese ball. Yep. Like he looks like sleazy. Like you know, that man looks like a like a Russian that's up to no good. Like <laughs> oh, Russian that's up to no good. <laughs> you know, and like I don't know, man. Like, but um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um. Uh, shit. I think we out, man. Yep, that might be it. That might be it. That might be it. Just leave on, on just leave on the fact that the king of the bad NBA hairdos is Andre Karolinko, and we can't top that. Yep. So uh, this is One Nation Radio. Make sure y'all check out all the articles. Um, big news coming soon. Can't reveal it. Uh, but know that we've been making you know major connections. Um, and you know, make sure you guys like keep reading articles, keep sharing, keep clicking. I appreciate it all. Um, you know, y'all helping fund One Nation Radio, whether y'all know it or not. Uh, but this is Rich, James. Anything to say to anybody? Nah, I'm out, man. That's all I got. Alrighty. One Nation. Later. One Nation Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.